0: Methodist Church, loving as God intends, through helping, healing, and home. This morning we continue our sermon series by reading from Romans chapter 14, and we're going to begin in verse 12. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know and I am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it's wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you're not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. May we be blessed this morning by the reading and the hearing of God's word. Let's pray. Good morning, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to be able to come together even even separated by miles. We can come together and as a community we can reflect on your on your word. We can turn to your scriptures and and we can begin to reflect together on what it means to call you God and to call ourselves your people. We thank you for the saints that have gone before us who have who have written these words as they reflected on those very same questions. We ask now that you might open our ears, that we might hear, but even more than hearing, that that you might touch our hearts and transform us into the people that you've called and created us to be. I pray for a clarity of thought, that when I speak, it would be your words, words that carry a power that mine just never will. We pray all these things in your most holy and precious name. Amen. So this this passage of Scripture is part of a bigger section that um, begins in in this chapter, chapter 15, verse 1, and goes through chapter 15, verse 13. And, And this larger section... Paul addresses God's call to unity of life and worship and and how that crosses over the uh, barriers of customs and ethnic identity. Now, if you read Paul's letters, you, you quickly begin to understand, you quickly begin to see that for Paul, our unity as citizens of the kingdom of heaven is our primary testimony to the rest of the world. And so what Paul's doing here is he's He's, he has started this idea of judgment and how judgment then begins to separate us. Right? Verse 13 appears to indicate that we we should stop condemning others because we're going to have to give a personal account to God and that personal account to God is somehow connected to the way that we do judge others. It also seems to suggest that our condemning others causes them to stumble. So he, he, he goes into this, this example of eating. And I began to think this week, I was like, what are some examples of, of this in the world today? And, and what are just some simple maybe examples? Because I think what Paul's doing is he's arguing here that, that there are certain customs, there are certain traditions, there are certain things that we do that we try to create inclusion. And then there are certain things that we do in order to try to create exclusion. So, so for example, in Paul's day, circumcision. Circumcision would have been one of those things that was done in order to create exclusion. You knew you were in and, and other people were out by whether or not they were circumcised. But within the kingdom, this, this kingdom of heaven that Paul talks about, that, that he picks up from what Jesus is teaching, the followers of Christ, what he says is that there's, there's room for both those that are circumcised as well as those who are not circumcised. In other words, you can be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven if you're circumcised. You can be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven if you're not circumcised. What you can't do is begin to demand that other people become circumcised. That then would become the stumbling block. But the, but circumcision isn't the example he uses. he uses. He uses food. And he says that there's actually no food whatsoever that if you eat it, you're somehow in, or if you don't eat it, you're somehow in. What he says is that no matter what you eat, you're in. Everybody is in, regardless of what you eat. But there are some people who struggle with this. And so in an effort to make people feel included, don't force them to eat things that they don't feel comfortable eating. And then to extend the love more you shouldn't eat it when you're with them. So, what are some things, right? Like that we do today. Um, one of the things is I never thought I would see the day. Um, if you had asked me, even oh, I don't know, ten years ago, uh, if we would become an Apple family, and what I mean by that is, in, in my family, we all have this. We all use iPhones for our for our cell phones, and the reason that we do that isn't particularly because we think iPhone is so much better or this and that but it's because that we can we can remain connected and so um, my my laptop which is an apple laptop it's synced with my phone which is synced with Madison's phone which is synced with Robbie's which is synced with Denise's and they're all they're all together and so as we make changes to each other's calendars we can we can keep up with that we can see where each other are by using our phones and and so the idea is, is this is a way to help us all feel connected. But yesterday I was at Lowe's with Robbie and I, I wanted to, I was shopping for a certain thing for our Sunday school cookout that we're having this weekend. And and I wanted to be able to show it to Denise. And so I went to FaceTime Denise and when I went to FaceTime Denise, I, you know, I opened up my phone and I began to look for the app and and I found the app and then I called Denise and I was able to get her up on the screen and show her the product. And when I was done, Robbie began to laugh at me and he goes, I love you, Dad. And I said, Why do you why do you say that? I love you too. And he said, You're so old. I said, What do you mean? And he goes, All you have to do is say, Hey Siri, FaceTime Mom. And it'll and it'll call mom. And and so this thing that was meant to be inclusive for our family to make everyone feel connected. All of a sudden, he was just teasing, and it's a silly example, but all of a sudden, Robbie was able to use it in such a way that made me feel disconnected. Uh, we do that with language, right? Like we'll have insider language and and only those of us that know it, even though language itself was created in order to create opportunities for us to be able to communicate ideas. And so language itself is designed in such a way, it was created in such a way, is used in such a way in order to be able to break down barriers and be able to share, but we create insider language that only our group will know. And so what Paul's arguing here for by, by going to this idea of food is that we have to be careful not to take something that's inclusive and begin to use it to try to make people feel excluded. We do it in the church today. Right? When, when we, like John 3, 16, for example, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him, and what we do is then we say, okay, so God died for the whole world, but only those who believe a certain way are the ones that are in. And then what we do is we begin to say, of course, that means the way I believe. And only the, those that believe the way I believe are in. And so then what happens is we end up with denominations. And so we take something that is supposed to be inclusive, that is supposed to be uh, inviting to everybody in the world, and we, th- which is this Christian church, and we begin to chop it up into little pieces and become exclusive within our own groups. So, so how do we keep from destroying our testimony, right? So for Paul, the primary testimony is our unity and the way that we get along. How do we keep, because I think this is what Paul's talking about here, How do we keep from destroying our testimony and in the process, creating stumbling blocks for others? Now, at the very beginning, what we have to see is that, of this passage, what we have to see is that um, there are situations in our lives where we have to figure it out, right? We can't just simply go to the Bible and say, well, there it is, it's cut and dry, there it is. But we have to realize that under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and by considering the teachings of Jesus, we have to be able to discern, process what is the right thing to do. Paul puts it this way in this particular passage of scripture. He says, He says, This I know and I am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. So I am convinced. How is he convinced? On um, the authority of of the teachings of Jesus. So it's not that because he's part of Jesus, he automatically understands this, but um, basing on, on the teachings of Jesus and the process of being led by the Holy Spirit, he's discerning this. Paul says that he, he knows this. He's persuaded in the Lord Jesus. And, and while other matters, he may... He may think things out from scratch under the influence of the Spirit. So there are times when you can simply access it by the teachings of Jesus himself, but other times you have to sort of process this out, which is what we begin to see Paul doing right here. And we, we might not always choose correctly as we begin to process this. So it's important for us to remember not to judge others too harshly because they're also trying to process things out. Through the the teachings of Jesus, through the influence of the Holy Spirit, we're all trying to process things out and figure out what's the right thing for us to do. And and, even beyond not judging each other, which is where Paul then begins to go, right? So don't judge one another. Even beyond that, it's simply a matter of, of giving up, passing judgment it's, it's, or or despising, but it's actually, it's a matter of, of taking a positive thought to see how to avoid making life difficult for one another. So it's not just about not judging them. It's about becoming positive in your thinking. So don't, so in other words, back to the example, don't judge them because they eat particular foods or don't eat particular foods. He could have stopped there, but what he does is he takes it one step further and he says, And then what you have to do is you have to begin to think about how can you avoid making their life difficult as they begin to follow Christ. So it's about how do we avoid making it difficult for people to follow Jesus? Because what Paul's allowing for throughout this section is that genuine Christianity, we grow to maturity at different rates. And that during this process, we can't, we can't hurry somebody. We can't harry somebody, right? We have to accept the positions. We have to accept positions that their con- conscious at the moment cannot allow. That there's going to be places where they can't go just yet because of their conscience. And so we have to allow for that and say, okay, that's, that's fine. And in particular, we have to recognize that actual harm, can be done in causing people when they're put in this position. Right? If, we, if we put people in a position where they have to begin to choose, we're doing harm to them because we're what we're doing is we're failing to, to follow the basic Christian virtue of love. The kingdom of God isn't the church. But how we live and interact with the world around us should be a reflection of the kingdom of God for the world to see. And for Paul, when he uses the term kingdom of God, what he's referring to is the reign of grace in this world. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful with our judgments, with our, our feelings of, of um being exclusive if we're not careful we can inadvertently be forcing people to choose between food and following Christ and so the question becomes for us how do we extend grace what does it look like when we begin to understand this and and how are we creating division rather than extending the borders of the kingdom of heaven. I want to read these last couple verses one more time. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. One last question. Does this sound like Paul's describing the church today? Does it sound like us? Amen.